Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pixels, a show where we cover the news from the video games industry. And boy, do we have news today. I'm pretty sure everyone in the world uh, knows, well, everyone in the world that's listening to this knows that the PlayStation 5 presentation showcase has happened yesterday as we record this episode. And uh, we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about Destiny 2 and uh, its plans for the future, maybe a bunch of other little things, but really those are the two big things. And really, really, uh, the Destiny 2 thing it, we're talking about because we love Destiny 2, uh, but the only real big thing is the Sony uh, PlayStation 5 event. I say we, I mean me, Patrick Beja, and him, Garrett Weinsroll. How is it going, Garrett? I'm so stoked to be back, Patrick. Thanks for inviting me uh, back on. I really, I really like guesting on this show because uh, if if you're familiar with me as a podcaster, uh, you may not be familiar with the fact that I actually do play games outside of Blizzard Entertainment. <laughs> uh, I really just like games. I'm a big game nerd, uh, and I like talking about things that aren't Blizzard games. So I'm really happy to be here today to talk about what I'm calling COVID E3. COVID-A3, that's a good way of, of putting it, um, which, by the way, maybe we can start with the initial question, which I asked at the end of my French show about the same topic. Um, how do you feel so far COVID-E3 is doing? Because, of course, as we've mentioned many times, a lot of people have speculated that maybe this is going to be just as good and companies are going to realize they don't need to pay so much money for E3 and it's going to be just, you know, the same. Uh, just go direct to your potential consumers. You don't need a big trade show or a rallying uh, uh, poll, cry, uh, place. And uh, so, so how do you think it's going so far, the non-E3 E3? I, I mean, I, I'm trying to give it a fair shake because uh, like to me, I kind of look at it and my gut reaction is this isn't as cool. Mm -hmm. um, and and cause, but at the same time, I'm I am 33 years old. I have basically grown up like is it E3 season? I know what I'm doing tonight. Like it, it's a thing. Um, and so I'm trying to I'm trying to boomer check myself. I'm like, is this a is this a boomer thing for me? It, it, like, is this going to be the hill I die on that makes me see mold when I go, you know, I really miss the giant stadiums of extremely awkwardly delivered marketing. Like <laughs> it's something I, I, I really legitimately love, even though it's something I make fun of. It's like, I look forward to like, I used to look forward to uh, getting on like AIM and making fun of E3 with my friends. And then mm. I looked forward to going out into my living room and making fun of E3 with my roommates in college. And then I got I started looking forward to getting on Twitter and making fun of E3 with strangers on the internet. Um, and, I, and, and so at least the, the first big things we've had, which is the Sony pr uh, conference and, um, and the, uh, the destiny Two one, um, they're really direct. Like they're, they kind of, you know, for the most part cut out the bs and it's like here's the games here you know in a tightly edited video just watch this see what you're going to be playing in the future 
And in a way, I like that because it's like, all right, just get rid of the BS. Just show me the freaking games and let's move on with our lives. But also, I feel something that I really enjoy that I grew up on has been lost. But uh, again, kind of trying to gut check myself. Mm -hmm. Am I being an old man? I think there is uh, certainly a lot of what you described, which, uh, uh, you know, uh, for an in each individual event, you can certainly feel that. But I also think it goes beyond it. And, and that's why you're not, uh, you know, you don't need to boomer check yourself too much. It, there isn't the same hype around everything. And I think, I wonder, not I think, but I wonder if the um, publishers and the manufacturers are going to see maybe a little bit less of a spike for their thing because we don't have this, this tide that raises all the boats of around E3. And the, the PlayStation thing is a little bit more isolated. The Obviously, Destiny and IGN. Like, IGN has done a couple of big uh, streams. I thought it was going to be like a, another big rallying thing. It kind of went by, and I don't even know what they talked about. There hasn't been a lot of... Uh, press coverage, which, you know, I'm guessing they're not getting the biggest games, but still, at E3, it would have been more... And even, I guess my point is, even for the big ones, it feels less uh, uh, emphatic because there isn't this buzzing atmosphere around everything. So I, I guess we won't know for another few months or maybe years, but I, I feel like it's... Even the big ones are losing something, which I didn't expect initially. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's a little... The little thing in the back of my brain wondering, though, if they don't need to try as hard because we're like we're still in the middle of a pandemic. We've been cooped mm -hmm. up for so long. I think we're all kind of just frothing in the mouth for any new game experience at all. Do they need to sell it to us this hard? Do we need as many feet on the ground actually trying these demos and, and reporting to us back home? Because does it matter? We're all going to buy this crap anyway because we just <laughs> need something to entertain ourselves. Yeah, that's true. But I, I feel like the marketing fiesta isn't working as well without the, you know, it doesn't have to be E3, but it has to be a strong, identifiable, uh, you know, rallying something. Because now the community is like, okay, I'll show up for the PlayStation thing. And then uh, I'll show up. Yeah. For, there, there isn't like this big mass movement of everyone. Anyway, we'll see. Um, all right, let's talk about the PlayStation 5 uh, uh, showcase itself, which was a, a solid hour of nonstop games, and they, th I guess the, the, the thing I noticed the most is that they didn't focus on the big heavy hitters. Uh, they had Same. a whole lot of different things. And I, I wonder if it, it didn't uh, do them a disservice in the end, um, even though the, like, there weren't only things where you were thinking, oh, my God, this is so awesome. I can't wait for it. There were, there were some of those, but also some things where you were thinking, Oh, well, I guess this looks interesting. I wonder what it is. And um, we'll get to some of the games. But overall, it lowered the overall hype level of the thing. And um, also, there was essentially no gameplay. It was a couple of little tidbits, but it was also mostly cinematic things. And most of the gameplay that we saw, as little as there was of it was, I don't want to say underwhelming, but it was like, oh, and it's a video game. That's I, what I, it is. I really agree with you. Yeah, I think a lot of what was shown was uh, shallow. Um, like, I, I don't, as someone who already plays games, it's like, yeah, I get it. Okay, it looks pretty. How have you improved this? Because there were quite a few sequels. What's new? What are the features? 
Um, and I, I got basically none of that. Like even for something as uh, ubiquitous as Gran Turismo, you know, which I recently got really into. Um, big deal that they're announcing a numbered Gran Turismo that'll be coming to the PS5. Like that, that is a big deal. People and you're to, you're like, a car you're a car dude. So it's it's yes, like it's my, right in your you're the target uh, for this. Yeah. As a matter of fact, over my my uh, my quarantine project is I've been building a a a, a sim rig like literally myself because i didn't want to spend a ton of money i built it at a freaking two by fours uh <laughs> so um they just showed gameplay they didn't say what what's new features or whatever and and gameplay in grand turismo looks exactly like grand gameplay in grand turismo sport like yeah. seven looked like sport just slightly prettier um and, and so slightly I, was just like, prettier. Well, I think that's important to note because there were some of the like inside uh shots of the car which were like uh uh you know the 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 uh, gears and the dashboard and the thing which were rendered in incredible detail, but then you oh, switch yeah. to inside the car view when you're racing. You're like, oh, it's Gran Turismo. I, I will. I, I literally played a bunch of it last night um, <laughs> of Gran Turismo Sport on a launch PS4 that is still somehow working perfectly fine. And um, I will say. Oh, the draw, the draw distance, and the pop in, and texture pop in, and shadows looks way better on that seven demo that they showed us. But again, I'm I'm more interested in features, really, for any game that they announced. Um, and we they basically told us nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there was no. I I know I did a nerdy deep dive into a lot of these titles, and, and maybe, uh, we just got shiny trailers. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, it's always cool to have shiny trailers, and it's kind of asp aspirational. Uh, and certainly, there was. A lot of games. I think we're we're coming off as a little bit curmudgeon-y, um, which we're pointing out the things that didn't quite work. Uh, there were some things that that did work. I think uh, Spider-Man, obviously, opening with it is is very strong. It turns out it's not a full new game, which I honestly I didn't expect. Uh, it's a remaster, like improved graphics with a lengthy expansion. And when they mentioned, you know, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, I thought it would be maybe a five-hour side story um, in a new graphics engine or improved graphics engine. Kind of what they did, like what they did with uh, First Light, with, um, with oh, uh, Second Son. Infamous, or Second Son, yeah. yes. Infamous Second Son, which First Light was awesome. It was like a 10-hours experience. It was fantastic. It was, I played that. I really liked it. It was really good. Um, I was honestly kind of expecting an Infamous sequel as well, by the way. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, have they talked about how long Miles Morales is going no, to be? Because that was haven't. a bit of a bummer for me too. I was I was hoping it would be a full fledged sequel. Um, well, yeah, so it isn't. But personally, I'm not too disappointed. I, I was expecting that, and it's coming out with the console essentially launch window. It's it's holiday 2020, so that is pretty cool. I think. Um, and I, mean, I, I wonder how PS4 much it's going to cost. But uh, yeah. The, the, the Spider-Man PS4 game is probably my favorite console game of like this generation. It's probably mm. that or Red Dead 2. I can't, I, my answer will yeah. change depending on what day and what mood I'm in when you ask me. <laughs> oh, talking about Red Dead 2, uh, GTA opening with GTA 4 on PS4, uh, GTA 5 on PS4 was like it, the power of that game. We keep talking about it on this show, but the power of GTA 5 is incredible. So much that in order to get people to buy the PlayStation 5, they open with launch GTA, uh, PS4 graphics. Maybe that was a way of showing you what PS4 graphics actually were like. And, and then when you see the PS5 ones, you're like, oh, all right, that looks better than I thought. But um, that, that, 
that was the one thing that like it, it didn't excite me at all because I'm like, how have we not had a new GTA? Is something new even in GTA? 5? I liked GTA Three when we had like it was the same engine, but we got like new games in the series, and I, I I just like give me a Miami game in that engine, I would play the living hell out of it. Um, well, six is coming at some really, point. But that really did feel to me like uh, something that would be at an E3 or a conference. You know, you know, Patrick, you and I have gone to BlizzCons a ton of times. And before the actual event starts, there's some really boring thing happening at that couch they have set up. And they're like, everybody gets a free yeah. Destiny demo and nobody cares. <laughs> that's what but that's what I'm saying. Uh, they think at least that a lot of people will care about uh, GTA 5 online or GTA online and and every PS5 owner is going to get it in 2021 when it releases on PS5 the GTA online only um, and obviously we're not the target audience for this but I think it shows that this is still 130 million copies sold later still a big thing but so they they dropped let's move through the games uh first party there were a bunch of them um we mentioned a couple of obviously they closed with horizon forbidden west which is horizon zero dawn 2 which that is i think one of the two or three games that actually look like it's next gen it looks incredible it looks amazing but of course on that one they don't have a date. So it might be 2022 for all we know. Um, more yeah, likely it would yeah. be next year. But uh, And there were a couple of other things in first party. I think Demon's Souls is considered first or second party. So we can in include it there. I'm not uh, the target for those. But a lot of people were very happy about it. Um, has that been confirmed to be a new game or is it like a remaster? Oh, it's a remaster. Like a, a, a oh, remake okay. remaster. It's a, in, more involved than a simple like HDification, whatever that means for an already HD game. But um, there's Returnal was a bit weird. Um, that space... Uh, that, that one planet. piqued my interest, but that's mm. because I love psychological horror in space. It's one of my favorite genres. So, <laughs> um, and it also looked good. Um, and it was one of the few things uh, that that I think you and I are going to keep coming back around to this. That also looked next gen to me. A lot of yeah. what was shown, you know, so I have a PC. It just kind of looked like what I'm already playing at home on my computer. I, I will say they, for all the noise about the SSD, which, you know, is beyond what anything else does. There was one thing, one instance that actually showed probably what the SSD makes cap you know, the, the makes uh, uh, possible, which wouldn't be possible in other uh, consoles or devices. It's the Ratchet and Clank <coughs> demo where they switch between dimensions. You know, every two seconds they switch from one dimension to another. And the entire environment changes. And I'm pretty sure that no other system can load the environment so quickly that you can switch them uh, uh, so fast. And that was kind of, wow, I, I, I've never seen this happen in a game because technically it's not possible. But then they switch to gameplay and there's none of that. It's Ratchet and Clank gameplay. It's it's completely normal. So I'm like... Ah, it was okay. There was some... Demen well, I mean, it was more like a portal effect. It was a portal uh, that was porting them just, it was teleporting them in the same uh, zone. You know, it was like just going 10, mi uh, 10 uh, 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 feet uh, uh, in front of you. That's how I understood it. it. The environment didn't change. It didn't go from like, you know, the medieval thing to the city thing to the... Oh, that's fair. 
That's fair. I still thought the um the type of portal effect though, because it was like tearing through like yeah. the world you were currently like this position you were currently in was very impressive. But again, it, it reminded me of Portal. It is something I have seen before. Yeah, um, we can talk about uh, uh, third party games. There were a bunch of them as well. Um, the the ones uh, I'll let you uh, tell me which ones you thought were interesting and i can guess which one you you will uh note first but go ahead oh uh, well i mean third party wise i don't know offhand which ones were uh because the, the reason i get excited about playstation in the first place are the exclusives because uh, i think in the, the especially in the, the exiting console war where you're leaving from where i would say nintendo just refuted it's like i refute your existence and substitute my own like or refute your reality that's what nintendo did so nintendo is its own thing i love the switch but between xbox and playstation playstation just murdered microsoft i think in the current generation with with exclusives and i'm a total microsoft fanboy i love halo um but uh so so for me the like starting with uh, any follow-up to spider-man got me really excited getting a numbered gran turismo especially since i no, literally I mean, third, just third started party. um yeah i I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, well, I have an answer for me. Um, do you see... Did, I, I thought you were going to tell me about Kenna Bridge of Spirits, that incredibly um, well-animated thing from the, the, the... It's a couple of people who have cinematic backgrounds, and it looks yeah, uh, like a Pixar movie. It, it, it looks very pretty. The gameplay looks like every launch game <laughs> platformer I've never remembered the name of after launch. That is fair. That is very It fair. looks like really rudimentary platforming. That um, okay. It is gorgeous, don't get me wrong. And one of the one of the other things that kind of I was grumpy about as I was leaving this, I was like, boy, that was a really brown and brown presentation. It reminded me of like the 360 PS3 era mm -hmm. where we were looking at kill zone trailers that basically looked black and white. Also, like Gears One, kind of suffered from that issue, um, and and it was nice. Is like it kind of looks absolutely incredible. Like it's beautiful. The art direction's in uh, just out of this world. Um, but nothing about the gameplay. I was like, eh, I'd rather play Zelda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you know that's what I keep coming back to. We saw very little little gameplay, and the little we saw was like, oh, okay. I I guess maybe and so, or, so I yeah I'm really starting to come around to your uh we needed people like non uh, non uh, invested parties non people that actually made this game telling us how good this is I needed someone with a hands on demo um because this is something that that I remember from like the previous E3 that really worked for Fallen Order I thought the the Jedi Fallen Order uh, marketing was horrible i thought it looked like the most generic yeah. game i'd ever mm -hmm. seen and then people who actually got to play it at e3 was like guys they did a terrible job marketing this game it's amazing it's a little bit of metroid it's a little bit of dark souls you can play it uh, in a non-linear fashion because you can planet hop and i was like why didn't they show us any <laughs> of that in their marketing um and yeah i think i do kind of need that patrick i think i need some third party uh hot takes accounts yeah um, okay, so what about uh, Ghostwire Tokyo? What about Resident Evil Village with the eight? Okay, oh yeah, oh, Resident Evil Village looks looks creepy as hell, and I am on board for that. Uh, the Tokyo game, that's one that's uh, look like it could have been on a PS3. Mm. <laughs> um, I, visual maybe wise, um, 
I okay, Hitman three. Uh, uh, <laughs> I really need to play the new Hitman games. I've heard they're amazing. I haven't touched any of them. Okay. It's another one of those where the cinematic presentation was like, oh, this looks, this looks really cool. And then they show you 15 seconds of gameplay and they're like, oh, it's Agent 47 going into a thing. Right, you kind of um, know what you're going you're gonna to get with Hitman. Of course, um, of but at the, at the same time, it's good that they are continuing it. But yeah, it's uh, not the kind of thing that, that's going to move a console for me. Island of Bug Snacks. I was giggling my ass off watching that trailer. <laughs> uh, bug Snacks is is not a thing I'd ever thought I'd say. Uh, I really don't know what to make out of it. It's from the makers of Octodad, so clearly yeah, exactly. it's going to be quirky as all get out. Um, really, <laughs> you know what my takeaway from that was? I really want another Viva Pinata. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fair assessment. Um, okay, so... Not super. I guess I, I'm in semi wait and see mode. Um, there are certainly things that I'm interested in uh, and, and things that I will be waiting for with great anticipation. Um, but I'm. I guess I'm not as excited as I expected to be, and that's also because we didn't get a, a date. I, I guess a price we could we shouldn't have expected, but we didn't get a date. We didn't get anything from the UI. I would have loved to see the UI. Um, okay, let's talk about the console itself and the design and the fact that there is they out Lockhearted Microsoft. Um, they introduced the what is probably going to be a cheaper version without a disk drive uh, before Microsoft announced their cheaper version. But um, so one with a disk drive, one without a disk drive. Uh, what do you think of the design? And uh, in the end, are you going to get one when it releases? Uh, well, I'll definitely get one because I have to play every Naughty Dog game ever. And even though a new one wasn't shown at this, it doesn't matter. I know new ones will come and I have to play them. So, of course, I'm going to get a PlayStation. Also, I've gotten very recently extremely invested in Gran Turismo. So um, <laughs> whatever the case is, I'm going to be picking one up also um and i don't mean this as a dig the xbox 360 is one of my favorite looking consoles of all time and this looks like a way cooler xbox 360 <laughs> i love the design of this console really i thought you i i, I really thought it's like it looks cool now but it's the kind of thing that looks like super futuristic which will look old in in three years I kind of like that, though, because mm. eventually the things are, are cyclical. It comes back around to being like retro, like I, like the 360 still looks a little old and busted now. But I think we're just about to hit the point where we're like, ah, uh, you remember the 360? Oh, that was such a cool look with a little breathe in on the side. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I think it absolutely will age. But you know what else aged? The NES. And now I look back on it with extremely fond memories. <laughs> and I see so many things that are like inspired by the design of it. Fair enough. Um, I, I thought the the surprisingly I wasn't super inspired by the Xbox Series X design, but I like I like it better I think, and that's between the I'm I'm the Sony fanboy not fanboy that's not true, but I I I really prefer Sony to Microsoft, and I'm coming out of this a little bit underwhelmed. Maybe I was expecting too much. I don't know. I I tend to not get particularly hyped for new consoles because mm. there's usually just so many launch games that are underwhelming and don't really stand the test of time. Yeah, and I think this is true for most new, like most new generation launches. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of par for the course for this because I felt the same way. Uh, there was a like overall this 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 show I thought like spent a weirdly 
amount, a weird amount of time on third party and indie titles, which don't get me wrong. I've there's plenty of third party games. I love it's plenty of indie titles. I love, but it's like, not when I'm coming to the launch of your brand new PlayStation console. Like I, I would should just give me like 20 minutes on freaking horizon Two, <laughs> like, or, or even miles Morales. Um, like really let me sink my teeth into your big tentpole exclusives. Um, and I didn't really get that. Yeah. Not even close. I guess, I guess the message was uh, there will be time to do all of this. And the message wa- was, we have games like we have cool games, weird games, funny games, children games, uh, scary games, triple A games, indie games. We have tons of games that are coming to this. And if that was the message, I think it got through and there will be time trying to see the positive in all of this. There will be time to to dive into some of the big triple A uh, titles that they showed showed there. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so. The the non uh, no disk drive version makes a lot of sense. It's not like it was unexpected, but it's not surprising if that makes sense. So also, it looks way better. That that disk mm. drive looks like it was like it's like bulging, like it was tacked on. I agree. It's, um, uh, it's very nice looking. Plus, I download like everything now, so I th- I think I'm actually getting the diskless version. I I'm wondering if I will. I think I'm I, I'm going to get the disk with version um just a, a just in case thing uh and never use it like it, it might even be a uh oh in case i get a 4k blu-ray um and and then i'll never get a 4k blu-ray so oh i do yeah 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 maybe that's that's true i i love i love physical media i'm like it still looks better it still sounds better and I, i'm like oh well it's on netflix i don't have to get up and grab a disc <laughs> well i guess i'm watching it on netflix yeah exactly so um, yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm obviously curious about the price. I'm wondering if having the cheaper discless version means they can make the disc uh, version a little bit more expensive than we had anticipated. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right, I guess that's about it for for the. I, I just have five. so many questions still yeah. after this. Like they mm-hmm. didn't answer any of my questions. Um, that's kind of my. Well, they showed you a ton of games. I guess if you compare this with currently what we know of the games of the Xbox Series X, um, that disastrous presentation from a month ago really looks even worse now that we've seen all of this. I guess in that sense, it was a a success because we know that there are going to be games on PlayStation 5 in the launch window and beyond, which uh, there are going to be like half of those games are going to be on Xbox Series X also anyway but it's just a little bit of a perception thing so um, yeah but uh, to me it almost felt like they were reacting to that too much it was like get mm, as many games in here as, yeah. as it takes it doesn't matter if like a third of them are remotely interesting yeah yeah i, I agree i agree I, I i will say this i liked how few sports games were highlighted because i always just <laughs> tune out when it's like and now from ea sports somebody you've never heard of and i'm just like all right i'm see you later i'm gonna just tune out for the next 20 minutes i agree um all right let's talk a little bit about destiny 2 we're we're, we are we were big destiny players i still launch it every couple of months and have fun for a little bit sometimes for for an hour sometimes for a week uh but it's still super fun and there was this big uh, presentation for Destiny 2's next big expansion um, called 
Beyond Light, which honestly, it's like, ah, uh, First Light was last year, the introduction, and now it's Beyond Light because you... I, I, I really... I, I hope people listening to the show have listened before and know that I'm not a curmudgeon, always annoyed person, but it felt off. It's like Destiny has accepted its fate as a niche game. It can be a big niche, but it used to be that Destiny was this giant hope for humanity almost, that everyone would play it. And I understand they never quite achieved that, but in going into, you know, accepting their place, I feel a little bit of the magic has been lost. And, and they talked about that next expansion. And, you know, in, in 2021, The Witch Queen, and in 2022, Lightfall. Um, it's like, it's a service game now. And I don't know, it was always a service game, but I felt let down, not just underwhelmed, a little bit let down, I think. Uh, it felt like a community update video, not a here's our brand new thing that everyone's going to love video. I, I, I got more of the nitty gritty, though, from this that I felt was sorely lacking from the PS5 presentation. Uh, so I think that's why I'm, I'm coming away from it a little more positive than you are. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think this was not a... <laughs> this was uh this was like a performance at your local coffee shop. This wasn't an arena concert. <laughs> and and Luke Smith, who bless him, he's great, but the the his demeanor, he he looked and acted like he was talking back at a Reddit thread. I I really think that was not good at all. Like he at some point he spent, I don't know, 3 minutes saying, "All right, guys, we know you don't like this thing. We've messed up on that thing. Don't worry. We're going to fix it. Uh, and like, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is your big showcase to the world for this new Destiny expansion. And you're talking to the guys complaining on Like, he could have mentioned that they made mistakes. But in that way, it felt, ah, uh, it felt like a, a, a forum response. It, at, it, at felt like, uh, it felt like it felt like everything after Fallout seventy six that Bethesda had to go do. <laughs> I'm like I'm like listen, you guys were maybe yeah, Destiny two, Little Rocky. You're not Fallout seventy six, Rocky. It doesn't deserve this yeah. type of apology. Um, I don't know. And it was like, just, I guess, the the only occurrence of that. I felt he, it yeah, felt yeah. he looked I, they, very a little tough. more. I think a little more confidence. I think is is yeah. a, a fair a fair critique. Yeah. Um, but. Still, that's a lot of content to be announcing. Um, and also, like you talk about, I said I've left PS5 with questions. I don't, I'm not really leaving the Destiny 2 presentation with questions. I now know where the game is going, um, including not a sequel. Hmm. They're like they're I, sticking yeah. with Destiny 2. Um, that's big news. Like, I, whether you are excited about it or not excited about it, uh, we basically got a roadmap like of expansions and the fact that they're not going to just toss destiny two aside and launch destiny three. They're sticking with it um, with like rotating curated content, which again, you may like, or you may not, but like, at least we have answers. At least we know where this game is going, uh, which is something I respect and really responded to. 
I guess maybe we should mention what they uh, <laughs> talked about. So Beyond Light is uh, uh, the new expansion. There's going to be a new destination, um, new class subclasses where you wield the... What's the, the element? The disruption? The... the uh, I forget. Blah. I can't remember. <laughs> if it's um, not in the notes, I'm not going to be able to recall stasis. it from memory. <laughs> Stasis, there you there go. There you go. Stasis. Um, and it's going to be available on PlayStation 5 and uh, Xbox uh, uh, Series X in 4K60. Um, and that's it, right? The the info well, we got. For, for Beyond Light, yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, it's coming this year. Yes. <laughs> it's coming in September. That's, that's the again, very actionable information. Mm. Um and then they went on to, you know, make previews of, of follow-up expansions in the years to come, as you mentioned, extending all the way out to 2022, um, which I think is kind of rad. Like, yeah, there wasn't a ton of information for all of them, but I think it's still cool to know that that much content is coming to this game, that if this is something you were questioning whether it was something you're going to keep playing or, or if it was worth, worth of investing in, you know updates are coming and you know the, somewhat the frequency at which they're going to be landing. I guess I'll I'll definitely like last year I bought the expansion with the season pass says the the year pass immediately I think this year I'm going to buy the expansion and not necessarily play the buy the season pass immediately and we'll see it will be my destiny fix for the year and I might not play it again until I guess the witch queen which is what they care about but um I love that you and I are having like a, a I'm, I'm definitely in a pro category and you're kind of in a con, but we're definitely going to be doing the same thing. I'm not going to go all in and just be <laughs> like, give me everything. Cause the reason I stopped playing destiny two is all of my friends did. Mm. And it was like, well, I don't really feel like playing this game alone. I've already kind of done all of the alone things I want to do in this game, but you will get the, the expansion and play through the, you know, uh, uh, single player experience, like quote unquote, single player, uh, in September. Maybe, hmm. <laughs> maybe actually it depends. it depends. If you're, if you're my only friend returning, maybe not. Uh, Cause for me, destiny comes down to more. It's, it's, a li- it's significantly more out of Bungie's hands uh, hmm. as to the reasons I play destiny, because if it's, right. if it's not socially fulfilling for me, then I don't have the best time in it. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's, uh, that's very fair. Uh, we'll see. It's it's a game I want to love, like it comes and goes, but I definitely want to love it, and uh, we'll see. You know, it De- Destiny has definitely surprised me more more than once. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I still think back to. I don't think any game has pulled me back in after I had written it off harder than Taken King when that landed yeah. in Destiny One. Because I, I remember thinking, wow, Destiny 1 is a flop. I can't believe how overhyped this thing was. I'm never going back. And then a month of barrages from people like you and my other friends being like, you don't understand? They <laughs> fixed it. They actually fixed this game. It's amazing now. And I'm like, fine, I will go try it. And it was incredible. It was yeah. absolutely incredible. I've never, I don't think since Diablo 3 has a game done a bigger about face uh, from a really underwhelming launch. Yeah, it was, I, I still think of uh, the Taken King with, you know, stars in my eyes. I think of the Dreadnought and the exploration. Like, it's difficult, you know, 
there are very few. The reason I'm singling out Destiny 2, and there there might be many presentations of different games that I'm not going to cover in such detail, but the, the Taken King, the, the way they created a sense of place and exploration and mystery and community and secrets, I don't think it, it's impossible to explain. And I don't think any other game has done that in quite that way. And, and many games have learned from it. So maybe some of them try to replicate those, maybe especially uh, Battle Royale games that evolve the map and do some kind of weird storytelling through map changes and stuff like that. But it was such a unique experience. And uh, they, they've kept doing it, honestly, with you know more or less success. But it's difficult to explain how special Destiny uh, and Destiny 2, to an extent, are to people who aren't into it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's still it's still a game I want to keep up on, even when I'm not playing it. It's something I'm always curious. But hey, what's happening in Destiny? Is it worth yeah. kind of poking my head back in? It's a it's a universe and a like a world building that I really respond to uh, from a studio that I love. Like I said, I'm a Halo fan, and this is the studio that bore it into this world. So. Um, yeah, I just, um, I don't, I don't know. Again, like I said, it's for, for me, very, it's very personal with destiny. It's just like, are my friends playing? Then I'm playing. Are they not? Then I'm not. Well, let's hope. The only thing I'm a little bit bothered by is that beyond light comes out on September 22nd. Um, and then the next gen consoles are going to be out in like November. So I would like to play it on the next gen consoles because it's a cross by so welcome your... to to me and my relationship with last of us 2 and ghost of tsushima yeah but it's like this is six months apart maybe not six but four for for destiny 2 it's going to be a month maybe maybe a month and a half um so you don't but... i don't think you understand how much i was actively rooting for last of us 2 to get delayed again <laughs> yeah well i mean you can play it again on playstation it's not the same. Yes, I know. <laughs> I want the first time I play it to be in 4K at 60 frames a second and beautiful and amazing and perfect. Um, all right. So a bunch of... <clears throat> you, you woke up early. I did as well, but it's late for me now. Um, I thought you were doing a bit. I am not. I'm actually... That was an honest to God yawn. Yes. Okay. Oh. I, have I don't a know child. what your excuse is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess that is an excuse. Uh, additional tidbits of news, uh, EA Premier Access, EA Access is, is coming to Steam, um, which is a bit weird, uh, but really shouldn't be because it's, they're trying to push EA Access on everything. So obviously I guess people know EA Access is the subscription to EA games of which there aren't many coming out, uh, as, you know, right now, but, um, it's available now on Xbox, PlayStation and Steam on top of their own EA Access, uh, on, on, not Origin, um, what's the EA launcher? Is it Origin? Yes, it is Origin. It is um, Origin. Yeah. Uh, that's what I play Apex through. That's the only reason I know what it is. <laughs> you and many other people. Uh, it's, it's, uh, gonna be... Uh, there are going to be some games that are only available on Origin, but essentially you you take your subscription everywhere you go, um, which is pretty cool. I was super skeptical about EA Access when they announced it a while ago, and I think now they're making it they're making through Access on every device. 
they're making it a compelling service. Um, oh, okay. yeah. I think I think it's solid. Um, my only real experience with it was when Anthem came out. Right. Uh, but that that it, it's actually a positive memory because it saved me from purchasing Anthem. <laughs> I just subscribed to play it, realized it was the mess that it was. Um, but I also got like it gives you nice perks in Apex Legends. And if there's any other EA games you want to play, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, especially for the sports games. I mean, I think then you need to get the EXS premiere which gives you access to all of their recent games. EA Access, the regular one, is a little bit uh, more of a back catalog kind of thing. Um, but it's still, you know, there are many great games in that back catalog. So, Yeah, um, this did remind me that uh, I, I really want Need for Speed to get their act together. Because <laughs> in, in, in the, the racing game world, it was like, oh, all the Need for Speed games that aren't on Steam are now coming to Steam. And it's like, oh, if only they were good need for speed <laughs> this entire generation has been really like middling it's so surprising because especially i remember underground and underground 2 as amazing yeah they were incredible. level racing games yeah, yeah i i oof. oh you don't understand how many times i've uttered the words just 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 go back to underground go <laughs> back to underground didn't they make an underground that was underwhelming uh in the uh, past couple of on years, the psp <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, all the way back in 2005, there was a new for Speed Underground for the PSP, which I had. It was okay. Mm. But uh, Nvidia has announced that GeForce Now is not going to include games from publishers that have uh, not opted into the service, which we've been following that story. And uh, Nvidia has had many issues with the GeForce Now because they included every game on PC, but Rework, not rework the presentation, I guess. And publishers were like, wait, what? No, you can't have our games without our consent. Um, and so now it's there are still other developers and publishers that are saying, yes, sure, take our games. But it is so much less of a compelling service. I, I think it's they're going to need to work very hard to make it matter um, after this. Because all the big publishers have said, we don't want to be on your thing because they have plans of their own. And now they've made that official. So, um, I guess that only speaks to a very tiny portion of the population. But Sega is apparently remaking Alex Kidd, which was not a very, very... It's like this B or C tier mascots, which... I do not even remember yeah. alex kid and i was like a genesis kid I, and and that I was think it's it, a master I was system get... i think it's ah. a master system game so yeah. yeah it would not uh i remember the music the intro music like it's it's five notes but i remember it and i it, it's not even a game that i have super fond memories of but it's anyway it's weird it 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 was funny to see well, but did... yeah go ahead i was gonna say do you know what i have fond memories of uh ground to being, te being tethered to my uh being tethered to either the uh cigarette lighter power in my mom's car or the with your wall game gear with my original game gear because it <laughs> chewed through six double a's so quickly um and so yeah the game gear micro <laughs> at least it piqued my interest for half a second and then i was like oh yeah i don't need this yeah yeah no that's exactly like it's so oh i'm sorry um, I'm sorry. I didn't. It was 11 when the PlayStation thing started. At you know, for me, 
And I usually go to bed at 10 because my son wakes up so early. Um, anyway. The, I love that this isn't a bit that you're just like straight up I yawning am. on a podcast. It's amazing. I'm actually, I'm actually tired. I did. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Game Gear Micro is, I thought it was a joke. Like they're so I, tiny. Is. They're smaller than the palm of your hand. And they sell them with a magnifying accessory if you buy four of them because you have like different colors and each color has four different games there's i thought it was a troll by by I can't, I can't express how unappealing the idea of having four of these damn things laying around is to me it is, it is like could you miss the mark more well, I mean, it's only coming out in Japan, and we all know Japanese people are crazy. Maybe it's a thing, you know, they, they did a market study, and they're like, you know, we could sell 10,000 of those, or 100,000. And they're like, yeah, we can make a few bucks, so let's, let's just do it. Why not? Maybe well, that's okay. that kind of thing. And let's only do it in Japan so that the resale value over in the States goes up. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, they're also talking about a... Um, fog gaming service which is weird i don't quite understand it's like um taking advantage of their arcade locations uh and arcade locations in general to use the arcades the cabinets and the hardware inside them to power a cloud gaming service it seems which in japan they do have arcades still um we we don't in most other countries or not enough to make this viable but since they th since they do and they're all wired uh you know with fiber and they have very good connections it could be an interesting thing for a another way of creating a viable cloud gaming service um even if you don't have giant data centers all over like you know essentially if you're not google or facebook or microsoft um now it, it might not be that exactly it's not very clear uh but they did mention that it allows the uh arcade operators to make money outside of operating hours which i'm i'm taking to mean they use the hardware to render stuff um for the cloud service but it i don't know it could also be that it does uh it uses the cloud service for the cabinets with hardware that reduces latency and stuff like that. It, it's not very clear. But I find the idea of that fog gaming, apparently fog computing is a thing, which I didn't know, uh, but fog gaming, uh, really appealing. It's uh, a very clever way of using their what they already do and they already uh, are good at. Yeah, yeah, it's really this just serves as a reminder of how much I miss arcades because I'm <laughs> at the age where I just got to like just got a little bit of an experience with them before they started just disappearing in mass in the States. Yeah, it's arcades are fun. And especially in Japan, um, I have I, I some people probably know this, but I lived in Japan for a few years in the early 2000s. And back then, arcades were very big. Um, and I, I used to spend so much time in arcades. It was really fun. And there's something special about this, um, which I understand why it's disappeared, but and, and I understand why it's not coming back, and it's probably not going to come back, but it's just, um, it was a good time. It was fun. Mm -hmm. um, surprise, Street Fighter V, talking about arcades, uh, Street Fighter V <laughs> is not dead. 
Um, they are releasing a new season for the game. I was fully expecting it to go, you know, dormant by now and for them to focus on Street Fighter VI. But they're releasing a fifth season pass with five more characters. And I'm sure only a portion of the audience cares about Street Fighter V. But uh, I kind of like those games so i'm excited to i feel like every still. every time i'm on pixel street fighter comes up and i have to remind you that i was a mortal Kombat kid yeah you know i've made peace with the idea that some there are some qualities to mortal Kombat. um i i think it's not as technical a game as uh, the japanese fighting games but I, I will agree with you on that i will concede that it's Excellent. just so we agree i but i am uh I am fueled by nostalgia. So have you played and or uh, and purchased uh, Aftermath, the expansion for... No, no. Oh, what, am I, what am I going to do? I'm going to walk my 33-year-old ass onto online Mortal Kombat and have that said ass handed to me? No, thank you. <laughs> no, but that's the no. point of Mortal Kombat. You, you, you have a really great uh, single-player experience. That's, you know, a, a, a lot of fun. So I would figure... Fighting, fighting games have kind of... For me, they're... I've more or less retired them from my life. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, I, the, the Smash Brothers, I know Smash Brothers is its own kind of unique existence uh, and, and isn't technically a fighting game, but um, that was the last big, great uh, 1v1 fighter of, of my life. I understand. Um, there's a new Total War game, which again is kind of a niche thing, but it's going to be free for everyone on the Epic Game Store for one day. I think it's uh, August 13th. So just mark it on your calendars now. It's like actually a full, fully new uh, Total War game. It's Total War uh, Troy. Um, mm -hmm. And and it's going to be free for a day on August 13th. So don't forget to, to, to get it, to download it at that point. Um, I, I recently play a lot of Total War. Oh, really? I didn't? Oh, figure yeah. you were a, 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 a Total War kid, but with StarCraft, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's very different from StarCraft, but no, I I always I always tend to have like one, I kind of, it's not always so literal, but in this case it is, but I kind of call it like my toy soldier games. It's, the, mm -hmm. it's where I go to be alone, not online, and just lose entire days of my mm -hmm. life uh, just tinkering. Um, and for a long time, it was Total War um room two was the first one i played i played a lot of room two um but uh now it's it really things like civ and i've i've got i got in the last year i got really back into like park builders i played a lot of uh, jurassic world evolution uh which led me to re-downloading the original <laughs> roller coaster tycoon um, so those have kind of, kind of and that and civ have kind of pushed total war to the side mm. at the moment I just recently um, played Total War Warhammer 2, which just for, for an hour or two, and I had never played a Total War game. And I didn't realize the that this is fulfilling the fantasy of having a, um, a strategy game where you can go down to the unit level and they actually do the thing they're supposed to be doing. It was... I didn't know that's what it was. And it's amazing. Like there was the cavalry charging into Lancers at some point and they like sent everyone flying off. And I was looking at them like on full screen on, on, you know, that scale. 
it was incredible. I was like, super I know, excited man, about I, that. I love hearing about everyone's first experience with the Total War game because that is exactly what it is. You're like, how does this look as good as it is? And it doesn't matter how early <laughs> a Total War game was your first Total War game. You remember that. Yeah, it's like it's not incredible graphics. It's just the fact that you can go down to that level and see all of them animated and like the 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 feeling of it is like, oh, it's a real it's so much more of a real battle than a, a, a traditional RTS like, you know, StarCraft, if, since we're mentioning that. They're they're not just like doing and, and swinging their swords or shooting their guns. They're actually almost actually fighting and stuff. And and the scale is so much bigger as well. So anyway, um, I enjoyed that. So I'll uh, be- yeah, I, I still remember the moment. I think it was in, Ro- in, in Rome too, where I was, I was sieging inside a city and this like whole group of, of enemy units were coming down this one like main drag uh, of like a, you know, a straight street in between all these buildings. And I was like, what if I just put a ballista here and fired it down and it totally <laughs> worked and like totally won me the, the level. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Pretty cool game. So don't forget August 13 uh, Total War Troy on the Epic Game Store. Um, what else? Elite Dangerous. Uh, Odyssey is essentially the expansion that lets people... Uh, Elite Dangerous is a uh, space sim, uh, for those who don't know it. And the reason I'm talking about this one is that it essentially lets people walk around in first person uh, in the the, the ship and, uh, I believe, on planets, which is interesting because it there, <laughs> it, it's really realizing the fantasy of Star Citizen... In, except it's an actual game that exists and that you can go play now. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can play Star Citizen. There's nothing stopping you from playing Star Citizen. I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. It's just in, in perpetual uh, uh, building mode for Star Citizen. But uh, Yeah, yeah, bo- both these games, Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen, are, are, are just, they're too uh, inaccessible for me. They're a little yeah. too simmy. <laughs> Um, I really, uh, I'm just, every time one of those two games gets brought up, I just start screaming TIE Fighter into the ether <laughs> where I will never apparently be greeted with a, a current generation TIE Fighter uh, revisit. You never know. That seems like a game that is kind of easy enough to make for it to be a launch-ish for a new generation thing. Uh, yeah also vr kicks ass now where is why can't i just sit in a tie fighter cockpit Ah. for hours that sounds amazing um what else crucible is do i even do we even care crucible the amazon i guess we don't necessarily care about the game but it's the amazon (laughs) venture into gaming the second game which is also not doing great just like the first one what was the first one breakaway um which ended up being retired do not remember it's so weird that these giant tech companies who are you know who have a a a foot in gaming can't figure out i mean obviously having a successful game is not easy but crucible essentially what's happening is they're saying we're focusing on one of the modes that is the most popular but Really, we know what it is. First of all, the others weren't as fun, and they don't have enough players. I'm guessing. And oh yeah, break, break, Breakaway didn't even come out, wasn't it? Just canceled. It, it well, there were other games that were canceled, but I remember. I think I played Breakaway, and it it continued for like a year, and then they retired it. 
Um, mm. Which I wouldn't be surprised if Crucible did that as well. But uh, I mean, they have money, yeah. they can afford this, it, and they're learning maybe, maybe the, you know, the third or fourth or fifth one is going to be amazing. But it seems like they're doing it like they don't care, which I'm sorry is very offensive to the artists and, and developers behind these games. But I don't understand the overall, it seems like no one's heart is in it, or I don't know. Money can't solve all problems. Yeah, I guess that is the truth. And finally, uh, other industry uh, sh- sh- uh, changing things, or not changing, but EA, if you remember, had announced that in order to get uh, the version of uh, Madden on your next generation console on, on Xbox Series X, you would need to purchase the one on... Well, I mean, if you had it on your current generation and you wanted it on your next generation... Um, it wasn't going to be the smart delivery thing where you get it anyway. It was going to be the you get it uh, on your current generation and then you redeem it on the next one for three months. And after that, you're done. Um, and they relented on that. Essentially, it's going to be for, I think, until the next one comes out, which is reasonable. I'm sure there are licenses uh, issues happening there but essentially you have uh, the full year to redeem it so if you buy the next gen console later then you'll you'll get it anyway you don't have to buy it within three months to get your game on the next uh, generation so ea is still doing the minimum amount of effort possible but through outcry they've extended that minimum a little bit Uh, which reminds me we haven't really uh, heard much about the the way that's going to work on PlayStation. Um, they mentioned were for I think they mentioned for first party. No, actually we we haven't heard. And um, we no, because that's one of the big questions I left with. I'm like, hey, yeah. can I just keep playing Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima on my new PS5, please, mm-hmm. instead of having to buy yet another damn remaster, you know, yeah. at launch like I did with the first Last of Us on PS4. Yeah, exactly. So, and yeah, so I guess we will, we will see what happens there. Um, and that's about it. That's about it for the news for the day. I also played Valorant, by the way, but I don't really need to talk about it too much because, because it's exactly what everyone, what I thought it, would go, it was going to be and everyone knows it, it is, which is... Uh, you got Counter-Strike in my Overwatch. You got Overwatch in my Counter-Strike. <laughs> and it's really like 95% Counter-Strike. Um, yes. Well. Yes. I mean, that's like saying Fortnite, though, is like 90% PUBG. The the building makes a very big difference in that game, and I think the abilities make a pretty big difference in Valorant. I think that's fair. You're right. Um, I guess that is true. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that is about it. Thank you for, for listening, and thank you for sharing that uh, time with me, Garrett. Where can people find what you do? Uh, all of the podcasts that I produce can be found at amove.tv. That's A-M-O-V-E dot TV. Got the Angry Chicken for Hearthstone, Into the Nexus for Heroes of the Storm. Yes, that's right. It's still a game. It gets <laughs> updated way more than you probably think. Uh, so go check him out. Amove.tv. I will uh, include the link to your Twitter account in the show notes. Uh, for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, of course. Uh, you can find the show and the notes at frenchspin.com. And we'll be back in about a couple of weeks, I guess, for another episode. Take care of yourself, be safe, and we'll talk to you then. 
Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.